I'm used to looking for people with great stories. Hello, and welcome to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. This is a different kind of podcast because this is a podcast where we talk about how you can become a million dollar speaker, reach millions of people, and make millions doing it. And we do that with your voice. That's right. Your voice is what's going to reach millions and make millions for you and make that impact on millions. Speaking of impact, we are going to talk about the impact of one voice. Yes, one voice, your voice, and how passion and purpose and perseverance really matter. So today we have a very special guest, And before I introduce her, I just want to introduce myself. I'm R.V. Robinson, the master speaker trainer, international speaker, three-time best-selling author, and of course, your podcast host today. And my special guest is Bonnie Stevens. Bonnie, let me read her uh, introduction formally, but Bonnie has really become a really dear friend of mine. She's in lives in Arizona. She's just an incredible uh, woman, uh, just first-class woman, I'll tell you that, a wonderful PR person and consultant. She's been all around the world. She surfs. I mean, I can't wait for you to meet her because she's just so dynamic. So let me introduce her. Uh, Bonnie Stevens is an Emmy Emmy award-winning documentary producer, international speaker, journalist, author, editor, public relations consultant, and former television news anchor. Her work has appeared on CNN, PBS, major network affiliated stations, and NPR's Northern Arizona affiliate. She hosts the podcast, video podcast, Zoni Living, Business, Adventure, and Leadership. She writes a monthly blog, Business Sense. And I am so excited, Bonnie, that you're here with us today. Yay! Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Anytime I can spend time with you, RV is fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. So we want to talk today about your chapter, and your chapter is Surfing Through Change, How to Paddle Back to Joy and Purpose. So tell us first a little bit about the chapter. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I have to say this is a fantastic opportunity to collaborate with so many professional women. And the focus focus of this book is about, as you mentioned, passion. And for many of us, it was sort of a crossroads, you know, and how to hang on to that passion and how to move forward with intention. And that's a lot about what my story was. You know, sometimes there's circumstances in our life that we can't control and stuff happens to us. And uh, it's all about how you go back and find, for me, was paddling back, as you mentioned, to joy and purpose. So uh, about 10 years ago, I found myself on a surfboard with the most beautiful view that I can imagine, which is the island of Maui in Hawaii. And so I'm looking at the, the gorgeous Haleakala crater, and I'm sitting there and I'm feeling the warmth of the sun and I'm feeling the 
the Pacific Ocean was incredibly calm that day and just cool and lovely and just floating and waiting for a wave so I could surf. And I was miserable. Mm. And that to me was just something I couldn't understand. I couldn't, I couldn't fathom. I thought I had put myself in a place where I could not do anything but smile, nothing but just look at the glorious environment and smile. And so I started backstepping and and that's where the chapter takes us. It goes back in time, like how I got to this place, both physically and emotionally. So what was happening in my world was, um, you know, a lot of things I couldn't control. I had three people in my immediate family who were dying. They were dying from terrible diseases. It was take, it was a slow, awful death for all of them. And they weren't going to get better. There wasn't, there wasn't a bright possibility. They were all terminally ill. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that is really hard um, emotionally, but death is really hard physically too, for the people who are the caretakers. And so that was weighing on me. And then, you know, another, another big hurt at the time that I was grieving was really the beginning of the end for my marriage. So I was grieving through that process as well. And that happened where uh, my husband and I sold our big, beautiful luxury mountain home in Northern Arizona and didn't have a plan. Mm. And so suddenly I'm homeless, right? I mean, you're living this one life that you recognize and everything's beautiful and going well and you, your surroundings are lovely. And then the next minute you're going, okay, I have nowhere to live. Um, my my mother is suffering, my sister's suffering, my brother's suffering, and I need to help them get through this. So there was a lot going on at the time. And the the thing that was difficult for me. And I mean, you know, like, like all of us working women, you're also juggling a job, you're juggling family and children and a house. And, you know, you're, you got a lot of things on your plate. Um, so I promised myself, I went to myself and I said, uh, I will give you anything you want. You've just got to get grounded. You've just got to get your joy back. I will send you anywhere. You dream it up. We're going, we'll figure it out. And so uh, I was, you know, as I was contemplating and trying to do all those things that, you know, the, the mindfulness and the, the visioning and the uh, meditation. And so all that kept coming up to me was go surf. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of an odd message considering the situation I was in. Uh, it, it wasn't go find a house. It was go surf. So, you know, I kind of ignored it, but I was also playing around on my internet going, well, if I were to go surf, where would I go? So I started finding surf camps and one was in Maui and I started to figure out, okay, well, if I did do this, what would it take for me to get there? So I figured it'd take about $5,000. At the time I was thinking, okay, I can't, I just can't whimsically leave planet earth and spend $5,000. So I, you know, I just kind of pushed that away. And then oddly, my mother who was going through dementia and she was kind of in and out of that fog. So at one point, and this was totally out of character, she wanted to grant all her children, you guessed it, $5,000. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, this is a gift. <laughs> Thank you very much. I I pressed yes on the computer. And at the same time, it really felt like I was pressing yes to save my life. I felt like I was that desperate. So I got there and everything was lovely and things were um, 
just what you would expect. You know, I arrived at the hotel and there were lovely men in Hawaiian shirts that were handing out drinks with um, pineapple and rum. And and that was all dreamy. And then the, the camp itself was surfing in the morning and yoga in the afternoon. And then they were taking care of all the meals. So I had zero responsibilities. I just had to get up in the morning and go surf. And so this was, this was such, this has never happened to me before where I have no responsibilities. So I started wondering, um, okay, I've taken care of all this. I've given myself the silver platter of vacations. I'm sitting out there and it's lovely. And why am I feeling this miserable? And about that time, I feel this, this, I sense something near me. And of course, you know, we're hearing so much about sharks. And so you're sitting in the ocean and you're basically a little dot, the Pacific Ocean. And I'm feeling this dark presence coming slowly next to me. And all I'm doing is sitting on a surfboard, you know, my legs hanging over the side. I got very, very still. And this thing keeps rising, rising, rising. And there's nobody around me and there's no waves. So I'm not going anywhere. And all of a sudden there was this big gasp. There was this, and it was a giant sea turtle. And then I gasped as well, because I'm sure I was holding my breath at the same time. And we both kind of looked at each other. And then we both, you know, we're, we're like an arm's length apart. And then we both turn our heads and look at the island. And to me, I was so amused by this. I thought it was hilarious that I was just you know, I had so much to do, yet I was just hanging out in the ocean with my friend, the sea turtle. And, you know, as I as I thought about this um, and reflected on it, that's where I found myself on this paddle, still smiling, you know, and I, I could fake a smile, I could fake engaging with other people, but not like those moments where you're all by yourself and something just, you're just in true joy. And it wasn't going away. And I thought, oh my gosh. So I was thinking about the sea turtle and I looked up the meaning of sea turtle, you know, kind of my Sedona moment where, you know, anything's possible and there's a lot of mysticism. And um, and the sea turtle is uh, the symbol of grounding. The sea turtle carries the weight of the, his world on his back, right? right? Which is exactly how I felt. I felt like I had the weight of the world on my back, yet they are grounded by that. And they bring peace and grounding. And I thought that's exactly what I was looking for, peace and grounding. So I have to believe that this turtle came to bring me those things. And it really did feel like he did. And I know that, you know, in stories of yore, when dolphins would rescue sailors lost at sea and show them the way back to shore. And I thought, why not? So at that moment, it was kind of like that moment in The Wizard of Oz where you go from black and white into this magical, colorful world. And that's kind of how it felt, like this wave of, of light and joy came back in. And that really mattered to me because I was feeling myself slipping away. I was feeling myself losing my voice. I was feeling myself losing my self-worth. And I really didn't feel like I felt depleted, like I have nothing worthy to give. So I'll just fade away and go hide in a corner. But that's not okay. That's not okay for any of us. You know, I think that's the problem is a lot of us, um, whether we don't feel like we have anything to give or circumstances in life really knock us down to the point that we feel depleted and would rather just slip Mm -hmm. away. 
but we have gifts for a reason and the world needs to hear those. And that's why today I, uh, I illuminate women who are hungry for their best life. And I do that by showing them how to shine so that they can step into the spotlight, increase their visibility and enhance their value, which encourages other people to be inspired and tell their stories. So that's my mission, you know, as a, as a news journalist, career journalist and public relations professional, I'm used to looking for people with great stories. But what I've come to realize is there are so many people who have, all of us have a great story. We just may not realize it. And I find that to be the case in a lot of situations. So I work with people to craft their story and to recognize why it's so valuable, you know, what they're bringing to the world. I, I talk, I work with a lot of scientists, for example, who are around other scientists and they're all doing world changing, life changing stuff, but they, they're, they're at this, in this little isolated tower that none of them are impressed with themselves, you know? So, so you really take somebody like me, like you to say, Hey, now wait, you know, you should be, you should be out there. You should be sharing this gift because people need to hear it. So that's what my chapter is about. Beautiful and a beautiful story it is. So let's, so I, I mean, let's talk a little bit about your background because I love what you said where you look for people that have a story and we all have a story and you really help people get that story out and get it in printed form. So let's talk a little bit about your journalist background, your your public relation background. Sure. Well, I can tell you, you know, I just mentioned scientists don't often recognize what they're doing. So um, I have a forestry background. I worked for the forest for forest service for seven years, which a lot of people find that surprising, but I absolutely loved it. And everywhere I was, was of course a beautiful national forest. So hard not to love going to work. And also I found that the people there and the people that have gotten, have gotten to know are, are doing amazing things and they don't even recognize it. Uh, one day I was walking through Northern Arizona University's School of Forestry and a friend of mine is uh, a forest entomologist. So this is a guy who has his own lab. He's very smart scientist. He's, he works very hard. He's very studious. He teaches students, but really keeps to himself and is very quiet. And he's in there studying, studying bugs. So when I walked by this day, he's got this is this is blasting out of his quiet little bug lab. And it's you might recognize this beat. It's Queens. We will rock you. You know, the kind of thing you'd hear in a stadium. Yeah. We will. We will yeah. rock, rock you. you. And I'm going, what is happening in this lab with this quiet man? He's the only one in there. So I had to go check it out. And here's what he was learning. So this was at a time in the early 2000s when um 22 million acres of forest in the Intermountain West was being destroyed by these tiny little beetles that were chewing the trees to death. And what happens is they look for trees that are already stressed. And of course, you know, we all know about stressed forests because of all the forest fires that we've had and, you know, drought years. And so all these trees were just depleted anyway. And so these beetles get in and what they do is they eat through the phloem, which is um, that, that, uh, that system that brings all the nutrients up and down the tree. Mm. So when they were doing that, they were 
easily killing the tree by just the numbers of them. Well, this scientist had figured out that noise freaks them out, especially loud noise. So he was testing all these different loud noises, including rock bands like Queen, to see what they would do. And he was learning that what they would do is freeze, and then they would backtrack. They would get out of the tree. And he's going, this is interesting. And his research went on to discover, he started recording their little voices. So apparently beetle bark beetles have little voices. So he's recording their noises and then amplifying them into trees where they were. And that was even more impactful because they thought it was a bigger, badder bark beetle that was coming to eat them. Oh. So they would like stop what they're doing and get out of there, right? Or they would fight. They would start fighting with other bark beetles. So they were self-destructing with this noise. Now, you know, obviously you can't go blast 22 million acres of forest with a rock will rock you. Yeah. <laughs> but what you can do is save important areas that are important to people, like maybe parks or heritage trees, trees that have been around for hundreds of years that people don't want to see bad things happen to. So then this caught the eye when I started promoting this, this caught the attention of USA Today and some other national publications. And everybody like me thought, what? This is crazy. It's something you talk about because it's so out of the ordinary. And so grantors, investors started coming to him to give him money to continue his research because that's how scientists work. They need funding so that they keep exploring and keep trying different things to see what works. And so he got all this visibility and had all this credibility as others are telling a story, not just him out there putting an ad, this is what I do, because that's very different from having other people tell your story and rave about how good you are. And uh, and it worked out, you know, it promoted his career and got him doing more projects. And so he's he's still doing what, he's, what he does. But uh, I think that's just a classic example of people that are have these amazing gifts, doing this amazing work, either a service or a product, um, something that somebody needs to hear. And the best way I've found, of course, I'm a news journalist and I started in television news, is, is to get it out there through the media and have other people tell your story. And, right. and that's a lot of what I do. Get other people to tell your story. Now, I know, Bonnie, that you have interviewed some incredible people. I mean, astronauts and actors and who knows, you know, and, and I wish we had time for you to just tell us all the stories. But if there was one story of one person that you heard their story or interviewed them, who would that be? Well, I'll tell the story of um, one of my favorites. Now, I've interviewed, I've had the the rare opportunity and just the pleasure of, of spending time with four people who walked on the moon. Ooh. Now there's not that many to begin with. I think there's 12 total and most of them are dead. Um, but I've spent time with these guys. And to me, you know, to, to, to spend time and really get inside the head of somebody who is fearless and, you know, this is the new frontier space. So these guys are the Christopher Columbus of our day, right? They're out there doing something. They don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they got science and engineering behind them and math, but, um, you know, very brave, courageous, different kind of personality. So this one, he's no longer with us. His name was Alan Bean, and he was on uh, Apollo 12. So after 
after um, Neil Armstrong. Then there was Apollo 12. And uh, of course, there were more people, Buzz Aldrin and, you know, the group. Um, but uh, when he came back, you know, he walked on the moon and um, he also a lot of times when astronauts that achieve that kind of amazing feat, they don't know what to do with them next. You know, they're kind of driven to do something big. And so he started painting. He started painting pictures with gold, with dust from the moon. So he would insert dust in, in his paintings and the paintings were all about space and they were very, very good. So he started this whole other career and that's, I was, I brought him in to be a speaker at one of our events, a big speaker for, for a science event. But as I was promoting him, I really loved that niche that I had never heard before. And I had never found before. It was just in conversations, spending time with him that, you know, what other artist who's good is using dust from the moon in their paintings. Nobody. When you buy one of these paintings, there is nobody who's going to have anything like that, right? I mean, what a conversation piece, what bragging rights to have that in your living room. Right. So that was my, that, that was my nugget. That was the angle that I really um, felt would be fun to promote. And, and it really worked, you know, I mean, we all know a lot about um, space exploration and going to the moon. I mean, it's been in the news for a long time now, since 1960s. And, uh, you know, but the nugget with him was really the moon dust. Yes. Wow. That's incredible. Well, our time is up, Bonnie, already, but I know you've got a workshop coming up and I want people to know how they can get a hold of you and listen to and hear more of your stories. So not only just in the book, The Impact of One Voice, which is available on Amazon, but how do they get a hold of you? And, and tell us a little bit about your upcoming workshop and where they can spend some time with you. Well, getting a hold of me is really easy. It's bonnie.stevens at gmail.com. And what I'd like your listeners to do is to send me an email. Just put in the subject line, just write the word shine. I want to help you shine, but I want to give you a gift for listening. And I'd like to get to know you. I'd like to hear your story. So for 30 minutes, we can strategize on what your nugget is. You know, what is that that spark that makes you shine? So please do that. Bonnie.stevens at uh, gmail.com shine in the subject line. And I do have an upcoming workshop. Um, I'm hosting a unique immersive media relations workshop retreat in Sedona. Now, this is the retreat that 20 years ago, if I could have made one up and sent myself to it, that would be this one. It's called Your First Class Ticket to the News Media World. And I am going to be talking, uh, helping people in hands-on sessions, how to craft their story, how to attract news attention, how to express your style and be your brand, how to master the on-camera interview. And the goal is to become irresistibly newsworthy. And I kind of do that with, I, I, I say story, soul, and style. So story is how we connect with you. Soul is really about your values, is why we love you, why we respect you, why we trust you, right? And then style is so important because it's how we remember you. So those are kind of, that's kind of my mantra going into the Sedona workshop. And of course, I've got my friends joining me, like you, RV, who is the yes master speaker trainer. So excited to have you. I have legendary 
journalists, pioneering uh, speakers and stylists. And we are going to have fun too. We're going to work hard. No doubt about it. This, But we're also going to have fun. I've got my stargazing astronomers, as I mentioned. I have a lot of science background coming out. Um, we'll be doing hiking, you know, nothing too hard. Just immerse ourselves in the world-class red rocks. That will be lovely. We'll be doing healthy eating. Then we'll do some... Um, some meditation, some guided meditation so that we can really focus and and be away from everything else and focus on being our best and taking up leveling our skills to, uh, you know, to in- improve our visibility and our and our businesses. So I am so looking forward to that. And, you know, I, I do expect this to sell out. We don't cram it with a lot of people. We want it to be a really hands on, interactive, one on one kind of thing with the people that we have. And so I, I would like people to let me know their interests so that I can keep in touch with them when we do it again. So again, bonnie.stevens at gmail.com. Beautiful. And one thing I love about this workshop, and I want everyone to know that this is a unique workshop. It's a once in a lifetime. I mean, you may do it again, but right now it's a once in a lifetime event. This is not something that you could just go anywhere and get someone like yourself, the expert like yourself in PR, in messaging. And, you know, there's so much, like you said, styling, but at the same time, you're going to be in Sedona. You're going to like look through the telescope. You're going to have some fun things, some good food. I mean, it's just a great time all around. And again, I encourage anybody who's even slightly interested, contact Bonnie, find out more because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. It really, really is. So I can't wait to go. Now, if someone hears this podcast a little bit later after the event, because that's coming up, um, how would they get a hold of you for future workshops and events like this? Same thing, Bonnie.Stevens. Yeah, you can absolutely email me, Bonnie.Stevens at gmail.com. But I also keep my uh, um, website updated. And that's easy, too. It's Bonnie Stevens, Arizona. And so if you go there and you can just look at the tab, it says workshops, you can see what's what's coming up, what's happening. And I try to be really good about putting the uh, information out on Instagram and on my Facebook, but uh, that's probably the easiest. Arizona, Bonnie Stevens, Arizona, Bonnie Stevens, Arizona. Look for the tab at the top that says workshops. Bonnie Stevens, Arizona. Dot com or Bonnie nope. Stevens? Oh, well, yeah, Bonnie Stevens, Arizona. Dot com. Yes. Thank okay. you. Beautiful. Okay, so that's that's how you're going to get a hold of Bonnie. Bonnie, thank you so much for being here. Now, is there any last words that you want to leave our listeners before you leave today, before we pack it up? Yes, absolutely. I, I would like to remind everybody that, uh, you know, we all have gifts. We all have gifts to share and the world needs our gifts. So I want you to shine and I can help you do that. Beautiful. Well said. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Remember, the impact of one voice is what we've been talking about today. And it's uh, available on Amazon. Check it out. Get Bonnie's story. And there's stories from other great authors in that book as well. So tune back here next week for more on how you can become a million dollar speaker and how you can get your voice out to the world. So again, thank you, Bonnie, so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Arvi. It was my pleasure. Always so much fun talking with you.
All right. So that's it for today. Tune back in next week and we'll see you then. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. Please hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review and feel free to share our channel with your friends and family. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. We would love to hear from you. And remember, you are one step closer to becoming a million dollar speaker.